0: Okay, good morning, good morning, honored to be here, glad to have kids in the house and the kids at heart, which is all of us. Today, I want to talk to you about obedience, and in the words of of Pastor John Stalker, ushers, lock the doors and don't let anyone out. (laughs) I think the parents are excited that I'm talking about obedience, but how many of you know we never graduate? from obedience. We don't age out of it. We don't arrive. It's a choice every single day to obey the Lord. Yes? Yes. Okay. I know we've gone a little bit long. I'm going to try to cut a little bit of my sermon to try to just teach to you guys quickly here. Um, But I really want to cover a a handful of items. I'm going to unpack obedience, try to keep it simple. We're going to cover what is obedience, why is obedience important to God and how do I obey? Just practical steps, okay? Sound good? All right, so first, what is obedience? It's just doing what God says. Did you know that Nike's phrase, oh my gosh, they are locking the doors. No, just kidding. They're just <laughs> um, Nike's catchphrase came from God. What is it? Just do it. It's not complicated. Obedience, just do what he says. Yes? Okay. Why is obeying God important? There's a myriad of reasons. The Bible is rich, rich, rich with obedience from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. There is a rich wealth that comes from obedience to God, but I'm just going to hone in on three things that are important about obedience, okay? Okay. The first thing is we are choosing God's very best for our lives when we obey. We are making a choice to not settle for good, but to settle for his best. Okay? The second reason it is important for us to obey God is we will be blessed. It is an always. It's not, you know... Things in the Bible, it's like some, some things are, sometimes it's good to, let's see, sometimes it's good to admonish a fool because they are being foolish. And sometimes if you admonish a fool, you are going to have trouble. Which is it? Is it admonish the fool or is it ignore the fool? Yes. Why? Different principles apply to different situations, right? Blessing or obedience always, always, always results in a blessing for you and for others. You can take it to the bank. You can check the word. I have not found one time when obedience did not result in blessing for the people who chose to do it. You can read Deuteronomy 28 and it is like a rich full of the promises of God for you if you obey him. I'm not going to read it today. I encourage you to do it. I'm going to read one scripture about God's blessing through obedience. Deuteronomy 28.2 says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. How many of you want to be overtaken and have blessings just come upon you? Well, it comes from obeying the voice of the Lord your God. And number three, why is it important to obey God? It is a demonstration of our love for Jesus. God demonstrated his love to us, right? He had to make his love look like something. And it says, God demonstrated in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it looked like something. There was a demonstration. You guys know John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he what? His whosoever believeth in him shall not perish alive. Come on, kids. Come on. Woo, woo, woo. That's it. That's it. He showed us his love. And you know, we show him love in, a, in our worship. We tell him we love him. But do you know what really speaks loudly to his heart? Is when we obey him. That's how we, these puny little sweet humans, can actually show him back our love. It looks like something. It looks like saying yes to what he asks us to do. Yes? Okay. So how do we... Do this. How do we obey the voice of the Lord, our God? I'm just going to give you some practical steps here. Okay. I have three very practical steps, how to walk in obedience. Okay. Number one, you have to read and study his word. What is his word? The Bible. How many of you kids have your Bibles? Good job. You should bring him to church. That's beautiful. We're going to read a scripture about the word of God and what the blessings can be for us if we learn the word of God. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. um, Or stand the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night. The law there means the Bible. If you make your delight the Bible and you meditate on the Bible day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Yes. So learning the word of God and making it a delight is the very first step to obedience. How can you obey God if you don't know what he even says or thinks or what his ways are? How many of you know if you get into a stream of water, you're just going to go with the current of that stream? Well, that's what this world is like. This world and the culture around us, your friends at school, people in your workplace, if you just go in there, you start acting like them. You start floating down the stream. How many of you know, if you read the word of God, you can know when to start swimming in another direction, when to get off, when to make a change. That's what the Bible does for us. It shows us where to go, and we don't just float along merrily on our way. Yeah? Okay. What does the word meditate mean? Is it yoga? Um, all of the weird stuff. Meditate is not just an Eastern, New Age philosophy. Meditating on the Word of God is a foundational principle in the Christian walk. We don't like the world because sometimes the enemy will make a counterfeit of real principles that God can use to bless you. The word meditate means this. To ponder, to mutter, to mutter. It's like, for God you love me and I love you. God you love me and I love you. I'm gonna say it till I believe it. God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You're just saying it over and over. I believe you're gonna direct me. You mutter, you meditate, you just keep talking about it. To, move, to muse, to come back to, etc. And it's a really interesting thing. To med- meditate can be like chewing the cud. Do you guys know what cows do when they eat? It's kind of gross. But it is a very good description of what it's like when you come back to the Bible over and over. This is gross. Cows will eat grass, and then they'll bring it back up into their mouth after it goes to their stomach. And they chew it some more. And then they swallow it again. And then they bring it back up to their mouths, and they chew it some more. Because they're breaking it down. Every time they get that thing back into their mouth, they are... Breaking it down so that it will be absorbed into their bodies for nourishment. When we meditate on the Bible, we're not just passing over something. We're stopping. We're looking at it. And then we're going to go back to it. And then we're going to go back to it. And it'll nourish our bodies and our spirits. Awesome. All right. I'm skipping some of this stuff. It was good, but... But I know y'all want some popsicles. So practically, get in your word, the Bible, every single day. Please do it. It'll nourish you. Get into a Bible study group. As you're reading the Bible, journal and pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he means. And if you're not sure, write it down and say, God, I don't understand. Put it in your journal. Come back to it. Holy Spirit, what does this mean? I don't understand. Come back to it. Holy Spirit, I don't understand the scripture. What does this mean? That's chewing the cud, meditating on the word, coming back to it. It'll bother you until it becomes life to you. Is that good? Then you know how to obey God. You can't just discount the scriptures you don't understand or you don't like. Because that might be cutting off your obedience because you're like, I'm not going to do that. Well, then you don't get all the blessings in God's best for you got it? All right. So steps to obedience, number one, read and study the Bible. Step number two for obedience, steps to obedience is learn how to listen. Okay. How can we listen to God? There are a couple promises. I had four of them. I'm only going to give you two. They're the most important ones. How can we listen to God? Jesus gives us permission to hear his voice because there's a promise in the Bible that Jesus speaks to us. How many of you know John 10, 27? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Did you know if you love Jesus, you're a sheep. Everybody say, bah. You hear his voice. It's in the scripture. Take it to the bank. Don't overthink it. Okay. The second promise you have that God does speak to you is you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak to you, and he will guide you. John 16, 13, and 14. This is Jesus telling his people what, is, what a blessing is coming, and it's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Who, When you have Jesus in your heart, you have the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. Into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he's hearing from the Father. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Father, they're connected and the Holy Spirit wants you to know what they want. What the Lord wants for you. One God and three persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. He wants you to be smarter than you look. (laughs) Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? He just makes us look better than we are when we're just humble and ask him. He'll help us. It's amazing. I'll tell you what. Kurt and I look in the mirror and we're like, we're just two people who said, yes, it's crazy. I don't know why this church, we get to be in charge of it. I don't know why. That he made us look better than we were, right? Just because we said, yes, that's it. That's all you do. All right. Um, Here's the deal. When we hear about hearing from the voice of God, hearing from God, Some of us, this is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We love to dialogue with the Lord all day. Some of us think, what are you weirdos saying? God talks to you? What do you mean? Like, what is that? Are you saying he talks to you like an audible voice? And some of us either think it's weird or exaggerated. And some of us just think God doesn't, must not love me because he doesn't talk to me like he talks to all these people. Just me? Has anybody felt this way? Especially in a charismatic church, when everybody's like, God says, God says, and you're sitting there thinking, not to me, right? I just want to demystify this. It's, it's not always this audible voice where God just boomingly talks with a voice, with our ears. He can. Never happened to me. It's never happened to me. How many of you have actually heard an audible voice when the Lord is speaking to you? It happens. See? this is amazing. But look at the percentage of us who maybe we're hearing different ways. Yes? Okay. This is the deal for me. When I know the Lord is sharing something with me, for me, I just have a really strong sense in my gut that I know that it's right what I need to do. Just a sense, like a knowing, a confidence. And it can look really scary on the outside or, or, or maybe not a great choice, but there's a Holy Spirit witness inside of me that I have peace, and I just say, I think God's in this. How many of you feel that feeling sometimes, just a knowing? Like, I just know, and that comes from God. Listen, that's hearing from God. God is speaking spirit to spirit. So if you're only focused on your ears, or you're only focused on what another person hears from God, you might be missing the subtlety of your spirit and God's spirit connected. Okay? All right. And here are some other ways you can hear from God. He can give you a dream. How many get dreams from God? Spiritual dreams. I love it. I'm, I'm not a dreamer. And God knows I'm super literal and super plain. (laughs) But some of you guys have to interpret these wild dreams and they mean powerful, powerful directional things. Beautiful. Dreams are beautiful. Some of us have visions. We'll see something with our spiritual eyes. Some of us will hear something spiritually. Some of us will just feel, like have a feeling, like uh, I woke up this morning, my back hurts and I've never had back pain. But I come to church, maybe the Lord wants to heal somebody's back. That happens. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes you can hear, you can be listening to someone talking or listening to a podcast or listening to something, and through another person, you hear a word from the Lord that you need. They don't even know they're talking, and and it's a word from God for you. If God can use a donkey, he can use our kids, he can use a lot of things to communicate a message if our spirits are listening. Yeah? Okay. Okay. You can have a thought and think it's just your thought, but it's a God thought. God will inspire your thinking to line up with heavenly promises and a higher way of thinking than you could without Him. It can be subtle because it's spirit to spirit, He lives inside of you. There's no distance. So that's why sometimes you're like, was that me or was that God? And sometimes it's like, yeah, God is giving you inspired excitement and desires for something. Does it line up with scripture? That might be him. Will it not go away? Did you check in with him? Did you ask the Lord? Sometimes you just think something and it, God's like, yeah. Okay. Sometimes you'll just say something and you'll find, find yourself saying what God says. The Bible says, open your mouth, I'll fill it. Sometimes you'll just be like, oh, that came out from the Lord. That wasn't even me. So anyway, those are just some examples. How do we hear from God? Is that helpful for some of you guys? I hope it is because he loves you and the enemy will want you to think that everybody else, he loves everybody else more and he speaks to them more. No, he speaks your language. Okay. He knows all the languages. Okay. The point is you learn to recognize the Lord's voice through practice. So if we want to learn obedience, we have to learn his word and his voice. Yes? Okay. Even Jesus had to learn obedience. Even Jesus had to learn obedience. I'll just read the scripture quickly. Hebrews 5 eight. This is in the Passion Translation. But even through Oh, even though, (laughs) even though uh, he was a wonderful son, he, speaking of Jesus, learned to listen and obey through all of his sufferings. If you're going through something hard, he's going to teach you to hear his voice because he wants to encourage you, and he's always with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Right? So good. I'm just going to quickly say this. So, so from this scripture in Hebrews 5, there's a Greek word there for obedience. And it means to hearken. So like, <laughs> hearken, listen. I don't know. Or another picture for this word, to, to to listen and obey, is to listen for the knock at the door. So in your spiritual self, you're listening for the knock at the door. You're listening for the voice of the Father, like a little kid who's trying to hear what his parents got him for Christmas and he's standing by the door waiting for something really good. You know? God's like, it's legal to just listen, 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 stand by that door till you hear something. Hearken, listen. All right, this is when snooping is legal. <laughs> you can stand by God's door. <laughs> can't stand by your parents' doors, you little sneaks, little sneakers. All right. So that's the practical steps to obedience, one, read and study the Bible. Two, learn to listen. Three is obey by grace. Or in other words, just do it. Just obey. Okay. All right. James one twenty two says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. How many of you like James? He's real plain real straight real plain if you don't know what to do read that book it's very simple it's in english you can just apply it okay well some of like some of these like romans is like this is a lot of theology james is like hey just do this <laughs> seriously <laughs> anyone else <laughs> so, okay it's all equally valuable but some of it is just is more practical for me okay here's the point of obeying we have to learn to know the difference when it comes to obeying whether we're doing it out of religious obligation or if we're doing it because we have a relationship with the lord so there's a lot of things you can do that look like you are the best christian this world's ever seen because you're just so good and you make great choices And there's some people who do crazy stuff, like Jesus spitting in the mud, putting it on a guy's eyes, like a weird thing. And that guy gets healed. So doing what Jesus says is actually doing what Jesus says. It's not just living Christian principles. It's personal. Got it? How do we know the difference? Religion is a form and it's obligation and it's trying to look good on the outside. Relationship is actually connecting to God and having his life and his words and his love and affection. So we do it out of love. Yeah? Okay. That's good. Skipping that. Okay. The point is obedience is for him and him alone. Our motives do matter, and it pleases God when we don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing when we're doing something for God, if we're just doing it to show him our love. Yes? The Bible says he will reward us openly for what we do in private. Obedience is for him. It's not for anyone else. Really, it's for him. We don't do it because we want to impress anybody. Saul tried that. King Saul, he kind of tried to get around what God asked him to do because he feared people and he wanted people to think he was doing a great job acting religious, but he missed it. So obedience comes from just what God wants and not what people want. In fact, sometimes you might be embarrassed when you obey God. But guess what? It makes his heart really happy. And sometimes there's a blessing in it you couldn't even imagine. Because you don't understand it all, yeah? All right. I'm going to tell a quick story here. Um, I I shared this story at the 11 o'clock service last week briefly. And I just wanted to tell you about a time when I obeyed the Lord. And it looked horrible for a long time. And it was hard. How many of you have obeyed God and things got worse for you? Yeah, but remember how I said it gives God's best for us? Okay, well, sometimes that mess lasts lasts a while. (laughs) So when I was like 18 years old, I was getting on fire for God. He was wooing my heart. It was a very difficult time in my life. My parents had just totally, our family fell apart. There's a lot to it, like bad, like my mom started doing crystal meth, like what? I'm not talking a little bit of weird I'm talking the world turned upside down. She's fine. She's like my closest friend. She stays with my kids. She's clean. Glory to God. Clean and sober and beautiful. Okay. So if you see her here, that's not who she is. That lady died with Christ. She's a new creation. Okay. And we're good. So, who, Life was hard. Okay. I have this boyfriend who... He was a little older than me, and we just were good to each other. He loved me. I loved him. It felt good to have a person in my life who was safe and stable, and things weren't falling apart with that one person. But in worship, at a worship time, I, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. You need to break up with him because you're not going to marry him. Well, listen. Listen. I could reason with God and be like, I'm 18. There's no way I'm even getting married anytime soon. What's the big deal? I could reason with him and be like, I will. Because when I'm ready to get married, it won't be him. I could have thought this, right? There was something about that season in my life where I was so radically just wanting to only please the Lord. I got back from that thing, and I broke up with him. Like, in the middle of us being totally good, no fights, nothing. I just said, We have to break up. God said I'm not going to marry you someday. And he was like, What? (laughs) He wasn't a Christian, but he was very nice. How weird is that? I have to break up with you because God said. That was kind of embarrassing. And I think he was like, Okay, (laughs) that's weird. Anyway, those feelings did not go away when I broke up with him. I still felt love, and I felt so much hurt. And so much pulling away um, of that loss of that relationship. It was very painful, right? So fast forward to my pity party. At that time, I had just broken up with him. Um, I was working at Safeway. And they were asking for people to come up and give some hours up in the ski towns. Because it gets really busy in ski season. So for Christmas, I'm like, Nobody loves me anyway. I'm just going to go up to the mountains for Christmas by myself. So I signed up to go work at this store. And they put you up in a hotel while you're there working. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go skiing. I'm going to go up there. It's going to be amazing. Um, However, what they do is they book the hotel for the five days you have to work. And then you have to leave. So you don't, don't get a day off to hang out. So that was sad. And I was already very sad. I took a guitar with me in my hotel room and I was like, Bleh. just my moody emo music coming out. Anyway, the saddest part of this whole thing is I was sad about breaking up with this guy. And then on Christmas Day, I worked all day. I went upstairs and I got ready to go out to dinner. And I go down to the lobby or to the hotel restaurant and I'm like, table for one and I have a book with me <laughs> oh. and it's Christmas and they're like oh sorry we're totally full tonight we're booked there's no tables and I was like Bee. I don't have a boyfriend I can't go skiing and there's no tables for dinner so I get in my car and I'm driving around Frisco and the only thing open is a gas station <laughs> and I go into the gas station and I get a hot pocket for my Christmas feast. (laughs) And I was like, God, this is your best for my life? (laughs) How many of you know now today looking at poor, sad Emily has to obey God? How many would say that was God's best for Emily's life? Short term pain is long term gain. The school of pain, man. Pain will take you so close to Jesus. He just says, hold on, hang in there, come close to me. It's actually a very beautiful place when you're in pain. You just eat a hot pocket, sit by yourself. Play a sad song. Hello, darkness, my (laughs) old friend. It's real. (laughs) Okay, all right. Another way um, we can show obedience to God. This is the point. Is Obedience is for God and God alone, and he knows what's best. Yeah, there's fruit in it. There's blessing. Sometimes it takes a while. Takes a while, you know. How many of you have sourdough starter? I do. It's my fourth child. I feed Trinity, Evie, our dog Hunter, and I feed my sourdough starter. I have to feed it every day. It takes a long time to make a good loaf of sourdough. It's worth it. It looks really gross, this bubbly little weird thing you have to feed every day, and it makes the best bread in the whole world. takes time. Do it anyway. Okay, I just really quickly want to talk to you about obedience when it comes to evangelism. When you learn to hear the voice of the Lord, and you learn to step out, that it's for Him and Him alone, and not for you feeling comfortable necessarily, there's a blessing, When you are out and about and you've learned how to understand the scriptures that he came for all, he came to seek and save the lost. If that is in his word and that matters to him, it should matter to me when I'm out. It should matter to me because it's in his word. So I'm listening. God, what do you care about here? Who do you care about here? What can I do to partner with you? Is there anything you want me to do today to show somebody how much you love them? That's another step of obedience. It's showing him you love him. It's not for the people to be wowed by you. It's for them to feel the touch of a loving father. You can pay for someone's meal. You can ask the Lord for a word of encouragement for someone. You can tell someone Jesus loves you. He sees you. He's got a good plan for you. Even if he doesn't say it to your heart, it says it in the Bible, so it's legal. Right? In fact, one precious lady I saw at a grocery store After 10 p.m. one night, and I was just going about my business shopping, and I heard this lady talking, and I just was really drawn to her. And I just started chatting with her after we got our groceries done. Found out she's a Christian. I'm like, you seem like a Christian. Are you a Christian? Yes, I love the Lord. I'm new here. I'm like, do you have a church? No, not yet. I'm trying out churches. I'm like, I want you to come to my church. She comes, and now she's totally plugged in. Isn't yeah. And you know, that was obedience. That's a blessing to me, but it's a blessing for someone else when you obey. Now, listen, she comes to me. I'm so glad you found me. You found me. I was new. You found me. I'm like, no, God found you. It's not about us, it's not about anything. It's like, man, God just found you. He loves you, He wants you to be in a family. Yeah? So obedience is really fun. All right. I know I'm going super long. Are you guys okay? All right. I'm going to wrap up with one final story that shows the blessing of obedience. And it's in the context of Luke 5. So in Luke chapter 5, Jesus asked Simon Peter if he could borrow his boat. Because Jesus is preaching to people that were all on a hillside. And to stand on the boat was better acoustics for him to be heard by the people, yeah? So Jesus said, can I borrow your boat? So he stands and he teaches. And then after Jesus got done teaching, he says to Simon Peter this. In Luke 5, uh, verse 4. So when he, speaking of Jesus, finished speaking, he said to Simon, Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let your nets for a catch, because these guys were fishermen, okay? So Jesus was trying to give him supernatural insight in fishing, because he cares about stuff. Simon, Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down my nets. Now, Jesus was not a fisherman necessarily. He was just a teacher, and in Simon Peter's eyes, so it's like you're getting advice from some guy who's never even fished before, right? And, and he's saying something that is kind of counterintuitive to what a fishing person would say. They, they fished all night long. They worked really hard. These guys were tired. Peter's like, we fished all night. They're not biting today, okay? But because Jesus, you said, I'm going to do it. So we're going to watch a video, and we're going to see what happened. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. At your word. that down for all right obedience is choosing God's best for us obedience brings blessings to our life and to others and obedience is how we demonstrate back our love to Jesus yes so in the words of Nike just do it just do it All right, I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to close service. God, I thank you that you know where all the fish are. (laughs) God, I thank you that there is no lack in you. You are a God that multiplies. When we give a little, God, you give back a lot. When we say our little yes, it moves your heart. And so, Father, I pray for an anointing in this house for people to begin to hear clearly from the Scripture and from the Holy Spirit, what you want them to do. And I pray they would have a grace to just do what you're saying simply, Lord. And that they would reap a harvest of blessing like they've never seen before. That they would be moved by the heart of God to just say, I love you back, Jesus. So I'm going to step out and obey. I bless your church today. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen.